Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We're going to continue talking about the coming crusade, but we're also going to spend some time talking about my book today. Okay, first of all, the crusade. The purpose of this crusade is to make you a disciple carrying miracles. Bottom line, that's it. In other words, we're not advertising this to the public. We're not trying to get people to roll people in in wheelchairs or to clean out hospitals or things. This is really not for the public. This is for people that already believe in Bible prophecy. They believe in the Prophecy Club. They believe in the message that America is the mystery Babylon, as was given to Demetri Dudeman. This crusade is for Prophecy Club people that want to be serving the Lord in the last days. If you've been listening for a while, you need to be at this crusade. Okay, let's put all of the excuses aside. But I'm going to talk about some of those excuses, and that's what they are here in just a second. This, see, everyone that attends, let me just tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to personally lay hands on and anoint with oil each person that comes to this crusade, and I'm going to pray that God will impart to you the miracle anointing. Well, Stan, do you have the miracle anointing? Well, first of all, it doesn't come from me. It comes from Jesus. But why would God possibly listen to me? Why would you think that you need to be anointed by me? Well, I would have probably nine months ago to a, to a year ago, I would have said uh, probably shouldn't. But I can tell you that when I laid hands on that dead man, and when I said the name Jesus, and I saw life come back into him, I'll tell you briefly the story in a second. When I saw that, it changed me. It changed me because from then on, see, I used to not like to pray for people because I didn't, I'm just being frankly about it. I mean, I just, just tell you honestly, I didn't really think that God was going to hear my prayers much more than he would hear anyone else's. I mean, he hears every prayer, but I mean, you know what I'm trying, trying to say. I mean, you wonder whether God's going to hear your prayers or not. Well, Ever since then, I know that my prayers carry power. And when I'm praying for someone, I mean, sometimes I can just feel the doubt in them. And I just say, don't doubt, because I know that I know, because I've seen the power of God. So let me briefly tell you the story, because this is why I believe you want me to lay hands and anoint you with oil and ask for you to receive the miracle anointing. And part of that anointing I'm going to ask for you to receive also is that you will then understand Bible prophecy and you will then be a teacher of Bible prophecy. In other words, you're going to be one of the disciples walking around in the last days. I mean, like there's two witnesses that have the full anointing. They are the two uh, olive trees and the two candlesticks going forth, pouring the anointing of God on the earth. And those are the two that fight the devil and the false prophet or the antichrist, the false prophet in the last days. And if you want to be walking in as much anointing as God will possibly give you, you want to come to this meeting. And I'm going to lay hands on you and I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to pray that God will give you the miracle anointing and the anointing to understand and teach Bible prophecy. In other words, this is a meeting to make you a servant of the Lord. To whatever degree that he wants to make, and maybe that's full-time, maybe it's not full-time, maybe it's in America, maybe it's in China, who knows? But it's, look, <clears throat> in the upper room, there are 120 people in that upper room. If you go and read the first couple of chapters of Acts, those were the people that then turned around and took the Holy Ghost to the world. In this case, 
the people that come here are going to be those people that will take the end time miracle anointing that no one, including Adam, no one, neither flesh nor angel, no one, no one, no one has ever seen what's about to happen. Jeremiah 16, 19 through 21 says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. Now, when it says day of affliction, that, my brothers and sisters, is a time stamp. That's a date stamp that tells you when this prophecy is being fulfilled. The day of affliction is referring to the seven-year tribulation. The Gentiles, that means Gentiles is someone that's not Jewish. So this prophecy specifically is to us Gentiles. The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. And they have made unto themselves gods that are not gods. Therefore, this once I will cause them to know. Now listen carefully. I will cause them to know. And he says it twice. I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is Jehovah. What's he saying? He's saying, look, in the tribulation... I'm going to show my strength. I'm going to show my hand and my mind. I'm going to show miracles like never, ever, ever, ever before. And he only does it once. I will this once. Only one time. Only one time in human history will God ever do this. Okay, so Stan, just are you trying to be smarty aleck here? Are you trying to, to lift yourself up? Are you trying to make yourself sound something special because you're saying that this is going to happen at this meeting? Well, I'm not saying it's going to only happen at this meeting, but I'm going to say it is going to happen at this meeting. But now just ask yourself why. What is Jesus doing? According to the courtroom of heaven, we're running out of time. Jesus is running out of time. Lucifer is now pressuring him to give him his seven years and to his buddy, the, the beast, three and a half years. And so there's only so many years that have been granted an extension of time to bring in those people whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the earth before the earth was created. If you're saved, your name was written in that book. Now, what he's saying is some people's names were written in that book that have not come to him yet. The purpose of the miracles is to verify, yes, Jesus is Lord. Yes, that these people need to be coming to him in these last days. And the purpose of this crusade is to get you walking in the anointing of the last days. That's prophecy. That's miracles. That's whatever God wants. But it's not like in the past. It's not going to be the same kind of miracles. That's the reason the man said that the angel told him two years ago that he was going to use him to finance the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history. I believe it's this meeting. Now, I know that sounds pretty arrogant. I'm sorry. Look, I was scared to death to say that. I'm still scared to death to say that. But I prayed and prayed and prayed, and I felt the anointing. I felt like God was telling me I need to tell. Matter of fact, he's told me don't do any of the broadcasts, none, none of this news stuff like I used to do, news and Bible prophecy. Every, every, everything right now is pushing towards the crusade and also my book because my book has to, we'll, we'll try to get to that. 
The crusade, everything. The crusade is everything. The crusade, let me say it again. The crusade is everything, everything, everything. Because the crusade is where Jesus is. What he's trying to do is bring in the remaining souls whose name is in the book of life, but they have not come to receive Jesus yet. Miracles verify things. We'll possibly get to that. Now, I'm going to personally lay hands and anoint each person, asking God to give them the gift of miracles and to understand and teach Bible prophecy. Here's what we're going to do the first night. The first night, I'm going to start off teaching through the, the, the Moses, the walking through the steps of Moses, what he did. And then we'll have our Passover meal. We'll eat our lamb and other things. And then after that, we're going to take communion. Why? Because taking communion, brothers and sisters, in the New Testament, it is the New Testament picture of putting the blood on the doorpost. It's putting the blood of Jesus on your heart. That whole first night is about walking the steps of Moses. Why? Because Moses was where the miracle started. Prior to the ten plagues, no one had ever seen those kind of miracles, those kinds of plagues, those kinds of curses. No one, no one, no one had ever seen them. Moses, which would be one of the two witnesses of the last days, brought them in. God used Moses to bring them in. And that night at midnight was the tenth curse. That's when the angel flew over and took all of the firstborn. That was the end of the curses on Passover night. And I believe that that will be the end of the curses and the beginning of blessing, the beginning of miracles for us. About midnight, the angel flew over. And then, now I know that Leviticus 23 says the next day is uh, when the, the, the unleavened bread starts. However... According to Deuteronomy chapter, I believe it's 13, when that they, they didn't have any, any bread that had already been leavened, and so they were forced to put their uh, kneading troughs with their unleavened bread on their shoulders and leave. They left that very night. They didn't even wait till daybreak the next morning. Matter of fact, the Pharaoh told them, told Moses, if I see your face again, you're a dead man. Moses sent all of his people out that night together in gold, silver, and raiment, and they left in the night. They left in haste. Why? And so, because it was the time of miracles. It, the curses were over. The curses this Saturday, or excuse me, this, this April 19th, which is a, uh, a Friday night. On Friday night, the cursing will stop, and the miracles for the last days will begin. Yes, I know you've heard that miracles have already started. Well, yes, August the 8th of 2015, again, I heard the audible voice of God say, this is the time of miracles. Now, that right there ought to convince you. If you're listening to what I'm saying, if you believe, unless you think I'm a liar, if you believe what I'm saying, I'm telling you that God has told me in an audible voice that miracles are coming. We are in the time of miracles, and he downloaded in my heart, as the judgment hits, so will the miracles. Well, that night was when the death angel passed over, the firstborn died, and that was when they grabbed their kneading troughs, their unleavened bread, which is a sign of getting the sin out. So we're going to take communion, and we're also going to offer people to get baptized. I don't care if you've been baptized once. I don't care if you've been baptized two or three times. We're going to offer you the opportunity. We're trying to make arrangements to get that done to get baptized. Why? Because it's another picture of being washed in the blood. So we're going to wash in the blood. We're coming out of three days of fasting. I need to probably talk about that too. Three days of fasting with some 1,500 fast-track people praying for us. And then we have 500 seats and only 500 seats available at the crusade. And so 
if you want to be there, I'm telling you right now, you need to go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, 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 and get yourself registered. If you look, what is more important, your job or serving the Lord? No, I didn't stumble. Serious, like get serious. Quit playing church. What is more important, your job or serving the Lord? If the if your job is more important, and your job won't let you off, then you stay at your job. What's more important, doing that whatever that's keeping you back? What what is holding you back from serving the Lord? Look, this is if He's nudging your heart. If you want to come, that's it. That's it. Okay. If you want, if the nudge is there, if it's in your heart to be at this meeting, then you get yourself at that meeting. You have to ask yourself what's more important. Do you want to be in the upper room or do you want to be home enjoying yourself? See, in the upper room is where the mighty rushing wind came in. That's where the tongues of fire set up. That's, look, you, if you were in that upper room, your life was changed. And from then on, you can't shut up and you're talking to everybody about Jesus and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It changed your life. That's what this meeting is. This meeting, brothers and sisters, is about making disciples. As the people in the upper room were made disciples, you come to this meeting, I'm going to lay hands on you. Well, who am I? Well, gosh, I just laid hands on a guy and he came back from the dead. That's no one to get prayed for or from, is it? I mean, who would want to get a prayer from that guy? He just raised the dead. Well, it wasn't me. It was the name of Jesus. But here's the, okay, so why did God give me that experience? The man was dead. Everybody had just stopped. There was no more chest compressions. Everybody just stopped. They stood up. They just walked off from the man. I'm the only one kneeling beside him. And I laid my hands on him. And as soon as I said the name Jesus, he took a breath. I'm telling you, Jesus has the power of life and death. Revelation says, and he has the keys of hell and death. That means Jesus decides who dies and when they die. Jesus decides who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. And it doesn't make any difference whether they're embalmed, whether they've been dead a day or two or... The keys of hell and death are in the name or in the hands of our Savior. So that's why you want to get, look, I'm nothing special, but God did something special in me. And this meeting is something special. If you can't see that, look, I want to be nice about this, but if I can just, for just, let, let me just be direct for just a second. If you can't see that this meeting is something special, you're blind. You're blind. I'm sorry. You're just blind. You do not see. You do not understand. If you've been listening to my voice for a while, you ought to listen Listen what I'm saying. I'm not kidding here. Stop playing church. Quit playing games with God. We're in the last days. The Antichrist is coming. The tribulation is coming. It's here. It's here. It's here. Are you going to serve or are you going to do your job? Yeah. Well, just how important is your job compared to serving the Lord? When you get up to heaven, guess what? No one's going to be handing out crowns for your job. All of the crowns are going to come for people that serve the Lord. That's the only thing that counts. Now think about it. Think about it. Am I right or wrong? Whatever you're, look, I had some pretty good jobs, but they were just jobs. This is service to the Lord. You get yourself to this meeting. And I'm not trying to fill up the room. The Lord's already told me the room's going to be filled up. He's filling it. I'm trying to call the hearts of those people who've been listening to me for a long time. 
You know me. You know you never heard me talk like this. You know this. And you know I don't lie. I believe that God had me lay him. Matter of fact, I'll tell you something else. I believe God orchestrated that man to die right in front of me as a test. And I believe he'd have let him die. He would have died right. Well, he was dead. That was it. He was he was gone. I'm telling you, he was gone. But when I quietly laid hands on him and I simply said, Lord, bring him back in Jesus, I didn't even get to the word name. And he took a deep breath. His eyes blinked. All of a sudden, his heart, we could not find a heartbeat. He had not breathed and whatever the time was. I don't know. The guys around there, six, seven, eight minutes. I don't know. But it was enough to where everyone was convinced he was dead. Everybody stopped giving him chest compressions. They stood up, backed up, and everybody was just standing around looking at him, waiting for the uh, the emergency technicians to get there, the, you know, the ambulance. And I just laid hands on him. Lord, bring him back in Jesus' name. And <sighs> he took a breath. I believe that that is to, to say, Stan, I'm going to use you in miracles. You can believe it. Yeah, and I've seen my prayers since then. I've seen my prayers answered. So you come here. I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to pray that the miracle anointing fall on you also. To whatever degree God wants to give it, it's not me that gets it, gives it, but I believe he is answering my prayers for that. If not, the, he wouldn't have had the guy die right in front of me. He wouldn't have had me lay hands on him. He wouldn't have brought him back. He did that to show me, and frankly, before that, I mean, I was. I guess I'd have to say I had a lot of unbelief. I had a lot. I mean, I didn't want to pray for people because I didn't really think anything was going to really happen. But now, <laughs> now, different story. I can tell you this. You come here, you get me to lay hands on you, anoint you with oil. I'm going to pray for two things, that you get the miracle anointing, not the normal miracle. I'm talking sevenfold miracle anointing to serve the Lord Jesus in the last days and also a supernatural understanding to understand Bible prophecy so that you can give an answer to those people that ask you. Get to this meeting, brothers and sisters. Oh, now, if I just sound like rubbish or if this sounds funny to you, then you don't need to come. If you're a new listener and you're skeptical about all this and you don't know about me, you don't know about all this Bible prophecy, this is not for you. Okay, you go ahead and listen to the radio program. I'm trying to fill the kingdom of God. And certainly you see that by now. I care whether my God likes me. And obviously, I'm doing something right. If he brings some guy from the dead back to life at my prayer, obviously that's a little bit of an attaboy. That's a little bit of a stand. Yes, I'm with you. Okay, I think he's saying that. And obviously when he speaks audibly to me, if you believe what I'm saying, and he says, this is the time of miracles. This is the days or days of Elijah. These are the days of Ezekiel. And the Song of Moses is not a song. He's had me write this book. And that's another thing on the book. Where, let, me, let me take a second and talk about the book. All right, so I'm holding a book in my hand. First of all, I had it written two columns. Because two columns rather than one column is easy to read. You've all read down a sentence. We've all done it. We came back and reread that sentence again. Or we went to the sentence before. Because our eyes didn't... Because if it's a wide column, it's hard to read. Short columns are actually easier and faster to read. So it's dual column, not single column. Also, I had to put it on near Bible paper. Bible paper is like parchment, and it's thin. You, you can almost see through it. But this is what they call near Bible paper. It means it's very thin. Why? Because I wanted the book to be thin. Also had it 
made uh, six inches by nine inches because that's your typical Bible size. I want you to be able to stick this next to your Bible, especially if you have one of those zipper covers around your Bible. You can stick it with your Bible and carry it with you because this book is going to be like a reference book. You're going to carry this with your Bible probably for the rest of your life because it will help you to understand Bible prophecy. It's also in very nice, high-quality paper, and the, the book, even if it's brand new, take it right out of the box, brand new, and you can lay it open, and it lays open. Now, most of these paper books these days, you got to practically pry them open to, to be able to read it, not this. This book lays open. It's easy to read. The paper is nice and white with black ink, so it's, it's easy. It went to a lot of trouble to do this. Now, the most important part of the actual physical part of the book is the very back cover are my charts. The back cover is the seven-year tribulation chart, talking about the seven seals, trumpets, and files. Then the inside of the back cover is talking about the prophecies in the seven appointments of God. I call them appointments of God because that's when God does his work on these particular days. If you want to know what God is going to be doing, he's doing it on these particular days. That's the back cover so that you can, as you go through the book, you will constantly refer back to these charts, constantly. And I promise you, you will walk away from this book. I'll promise you two things. I'll promise you three things. <laughs> I'll promise you three things. One is you don't know anything in this book. I didn't. I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years. It's almost all of my life. Studying it, teaching it, guest speakers on Bible prophecy. I think you'd say that I'm fairly well-versed in Bible prophecy, but I did not know one thing in this book when I first started memorizing the book of Revelation two years ago. So the first thing, you do not know what is in this book. This is all new information. Second thing I'm going to promise you is you will not be able to read this book one time. Won't do it. I'm also going to promise you that you can't read it one time all the way through without going back and rereading at least a sentence, but I'll bet you you're going to wind up not only rereading a, a, a few pages, I'm going to say you probably have to reread the same chapter, and you may have to read the same chapter several times. My assistant, when she went to reading the book, now let me tell you about, <laughs> let me tell you about this lady. She just finished reading 500 pages of legalese, some very legalized documents, and they asked her to read it because she was the only one that could read such difficult things and legalese and stuff like that. She said, I had to read the, the first three chapters of your book three times. Read the first three chapters three times. And she says, now I'm on the 10th chapter. She says, this is one of the best books I've ever read. I have never learned so much about Bible prophecy. In other words, this is not a quick read. This is not a read once put on the shelf, forget about it book. Okay, this book is going to be one, I promise you, you will go back and reread a chapter of it several times. There will be times where you will read a sentence and you will blink and you'll have to reread the sentence again because this is deep. This is, I believe, God's book for the last days to unseal revelation and the prophecy. And I believe, and I'm asking my 1500 Fast Track members to pray two things that God will open up and show me the, the understanding, give me the secrets of the first four horsemen of the apocalypse, of Revelation, and also to unseal Daniel to me. So I, I believe that's coming too. So you might pray for that, that God will unseal Daniel to me. So this book 
is a very, very powerful, very unusual prophecy book. I had a, one of our best supporters, one of my best friends, call me this morning. He said, please, I do not want you to be offended at what I'm about to say. He said, but you're familiar with the late great Planet Earth book. Sold 28 million copies of the first 20 years it was in print. I said, yes, I'm familiar with it. Who isn't? He said, I believe that your book will be the modern day late great Planet Earth to show the modern people, these day, people in these days and times, how to understand Bible prophecy. And I said, yes, sir, I agree. I believe it's God's book to help people to understand prophecy. Now, if you're a pre-tribber, let me just tell you, it's not going to offend you. I do not mention the word rapture. I do not discuss the rapture. No place in there do I discuss, discuss the rapture. You will have to read the whole book and the charts, and at some point in there, I believe you will come to an understanding of the how the last days really sequence out. And when you see that, it will set you free, brothers and sisters. It is not a book of argument. I, I, I think a pre-tribber can read this and not be offended. I think anyone can, man, this is, this is not an offensive book. I don't think that you're going to find places where you disagree. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's, I've got lots of scriptures to back up every point that I make. This book will help you to, this is what everybody's saying. I'm getting emails from several people. This is what everybody's saying. That this book is helping them to understand Bible prophecy better than anything they've ever run across in their life. I mean, God sent seven one ounce gold, gold eagle silver coin, or gold coins to pay for the book. I told you that story. See, gold and silver is God's money, so that in that God sent the money to print this book, that's another pretty good confirmation that this is his book. Now, I'm not saying it's canon. It's not the word of the Lord like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not. I know that. But on the other hand, <laughs> I know it's not my level. It's not my level either. I mean, even right now, I can pick it up, and I can start reading through it, and it's like, wow, where did I come up with the knowledge for this? This is better than... That's right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't come up with the knowledge for this. This is above my knowledge grade. This is above my intelligent quotient. Uh, I, as I look through this, it's like, uh, well, look in my prayer closet. I said, Lord, take your book, because you and I both know it's not my book. It's not my book. I didn't write that book. Uh, I mean, if, if I, I could not have written that, I, I didn't know one thing that was in that book. Two years ago, when I started memorizing the book of Revelation, I didn't know one thing in it. Everything in this book came to me supernaturally. Now, some people don't want to read the book because I say it's a supernatural book. Well, if you will just give it a chance, get the book, then you will understand. I'll say this. You read it the first 13 pages. Not tough. Okay, 13 pages. Read the first 13 pages, and I believe you'll be convinced to read the rest of the book. I believe you'll start handing around to other people, which is why one book is 20, five books is 30, 10 books is 55. One, 20. I don't want you to get that. I don't want you to get the one book for 20 bucks. Instead, I want you to at least get five for 30. Why? Because that gives you four books to hand around because you will start handing it around. You will want everybody to see this book. But the best deal is get f uh, 10 books for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 
10 for 55. Best deal is get 10 for 55. And you get those by going to prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Spell prophecy with a C. Prophecyclub.com. If you want to come to the crusade, if you want me to anoint you, if you want to walk in miracle, and you want to be able to teach and understand Bible prophecy, if you want that anointing, then you come to the crusade. You get signed up there by going to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. 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 The book at prophecyclub.com. The book at prophecyclub.com. The crusade at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. One book is 20, five books is 30, 10 books is 55. One, 20, five for 30. Why? Because that gives you four books to give away. But the best deal is get 10 books for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. Best deal is get 10 for 55. And you get those by going to prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. 1 for 20, 5 for 30, 10 for 55. Best deal is get 10 for 55. And you get those by going to prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless.